probably are a lot of people out there who think they're better now at parking. Like, they've been driving long enough, right, that they've got it all sorted out. I've got it handled, AJ. I've been doing this a long, long time. AMs with AJ on VFX. Hope you're having a good Wednesday morning. And I'll tell you what, while generally, yes, with experience, you get a little bit better in my experience when it comes to driving, get a little bit more arrogant with more experience. And I'm not going to say who, because I don't want to, I don't know if the statute of limitations have expired, but I have a family member that is always confident and always did seem to be a pretty good driver, but in their more advanced age where they, quote, should have more experience, they've also, like, driven into a garage door and hit a post while going through a drive through So, eh, not necessarily. And in Park Narcs, there's, make no bones about it, there is definitely disillusionment, at least, about what is happening. How else do you explain nominee number one? The dude hops up onto a curb, could easily just back up, straight it out, or even just back up. That would probably be a little bit more acceptable, but no, there's uh, this is fine. This is totally fine. Curb marks the spot, nominee number one. And while not really illegal, just really obnoxious as to why you wouldn't fix that. Nominee number two, just resting a sec, is a van, yes, a van, towing a little pole trailer that has a bunch of stuff in it and has just pulled into the front of a parking lot where there's special needs spots and stripy rectangles and it's just been like, I'm good here. This is this is fine. Bro, that's not how that works. Look, I have all the sympathy in the world. I once accidentally backed a trailer into an awning. I did that because I, mm-mm, driving one, backing up with one is terrible. That being said, if you... Park in the back, everyone's like, okay, maybe you're still a little bit of a jerk for taking up like four spots, but it's like, at least he parked in the back and I get it, driving where the trailer's obnoxious. No, parked to the front and and not even tried to park straight into two spots. You just took up a bunch of spots and said, well, these is empty areas. Clearly it's meant for trailers. No, it's not. It absolutely is not. Both of these are extremely obnoxious. Which one is the most annoying though is what we have to figure out for park narcs. So... Pin to the top of our Facebook page, Utah's VFX. On our Instagram, Utah's VFX. Follow if you haven't either. Tell me which nominee is the worst. And if you see terrible parking, you can submit, play for prizes, try and get entered into the tournament at the end of the year. Utah's VFX on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Look, we all know in an actual survival situation, I'm going down in a day. That being said, that does not mean that I'm any less upset about finding out that there are things I grew up thinking were legitimate survival guides that are total myths. I need this information. I need all the help I can get. Is Cottony Soft AJ ever going to find himself in a situation where he has to, like, eat off the land to survive? Probably not. But do I watch those survival shows thinking I'm going to soak this up one day I might use this? Absolutely. Everyone does. AMs with AJ on VFX. So I was rather ticked off to find out some commonly believed survival tips were actually myths. Because I was going to 100% do so. Like, for instance... If you're stranded in a desert and you're looking for water, what you should do? Most of us, I think, just said, try and get into a cactus. Well, the thing is, there's only like one or two species of cactuses that have water inside. Most of them are actually filled with acids that cause diarrhea and fatal dehydration. What? Why? Why did nobody correct that along the way? 100% that is something that I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bust open a cactus and try and find some water. 100% thought that was the case. This one is just stupid, but I, I think I was coming around on this one. Lightning never strikes in the same place twice. It's actually one of those sayings that no one ever says the end of anymore. It's uh, lightning never strikes the same place twice because the same place isn't there anymore. 
right? It's a whole, you change anything that happens, changes you, which is great, but not really cool when we shorten it to lightning never strikes the same place twice. Somebody just going to go stand in a massive lightning storm in the place it just struck to be like, oh, I'm totally safe here. It already struck. Stupid. So stupid. Why did we shorten that one? That is a very important piece of information. And one that I think is relevant as well, that I had not heard, but in Utah, right? Especially finding out Governor Spencer Cox signing all those bills for water conservation. Uh, you're supposed to, the myth is you're supposed to ration your water. The right move is actually to ration sweat, not water, which means try to stay cool, drink your water, try not to work it out, but use the strength you get from that to search for more water because dehydration is much more dangerous. Ration your sweat, not your water. It means don't work so hard that you put yourself in a position that you're struggling, but use your water to get more water. Why, why, though, were those first two absolutely myths? I mean, I'm glad I know now, but I the basis, they were like concrete pillars of what my survival plan would have been if it ever happens, and heaven forbid that does, because it's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. The type of survival tips I may put in action is finding out that uh, if you want a, if uh, you have a birthday and you say you don't want it, and work maybe throws you one, well, one guy won half, almost half a million dollars because of that. I feel the older you get, the more birthdays mean a little bit less to you. Or actually, the more they you want them to be less significant to you because you don't want the reminder of your mortality, right? Because they're great. Every year's great. One, two, et cetera, until you get to 21. And then a couple of those afterwards I think are good. And then you're like, okay, I don't need the reminder of how close I'm getting to 30 and so on and so forth. AMs with AJ on VFX. It's the debate today. But... But if someone threw you a party, would you be upset about it, even though you start to think that they don't really mean as much to you? On the phone is Oliver. Oliver, what about you? Want a party if someone says no party? Oh, I wouldn't even think about trying to do it. I mean, why waste your time planning if they didn't want it? You know, th- th- that part would be a waste of money, it'd be a waste of time, and-, and it wouldn't be making that person happy. So there's probably something else you could do for them. A fellow curmudgeon. I would say, though, I think more often than not, depending on, I originally picked like a surprise party and that I've never, I've never, do not, do not take me to a place where they sing happy birthday, try and embarrass. My mom loves doing that, even though I, I hate it. And she does it solely for herself. And that's probably why I hate it the most. Just don't do that. But yeah, go out to dinner, get together. It's fine. Surprise party, try to do an embarrassing thing. Absolutely not okay. Now, if someone was to throw it, I think generally deep now, I would be okay with it if someone wanted to take the time to throw me a surprise party, but I wouldn't make a big deal my birthday going into it. I don't think I would sue, though. Apparently, it just happened recently, but back in 2019, there was an employee in Kentucky who was was having a birthday and told the company, don't throw me one, granted, because it, it triggered his anxiety. They refused to do so and threw him one anyway. He sued the company. He's now just recently won almost half a million dollars, which is nuts. And... I get the anxiety attack thing is in there, but wow, kind of makes me change my perspective just just a little bit, just a little bit. And again, I get the anxiety is a factor there, but you imagine being like, oh man, I just won half a million dollars. I sued work. Oh, what did they do? Is there workman's comp or they were discrimination? No, they threw me a birthday party and I said, I didn't want one. What? Those jerks. How dare they? <laughs> Natasha's on the line. Natasha, somebody says, don't throw a birthday. What are you doing? I probably would, especially if it's someone I know was just saying they don't want a party. My sister said she doesn't want one for her 40th, but if I didn't throw her a party, she'd probably still be very disappointed in me. 
Okay, well, see, that's just frustrating because how are you supposed to read their minds? I want to be very clear. I would not be disappointed if no one throws a birthday party. But I think the sad thing about it as I come to talk about this and realize is, do I think birthdays mean a little bit less to me? Yeah, I don't want to be reminded how old I am. But I think that they also are a reminder of, like, things going on because everybody gets busy, right? Me and my friends all moved away. They're buying houses, getting married, having kids. And so it gets harder and harder to actually see people besides, you know, a Facebook message or a text. It's happy birthday. To be honest, the birthdays that have already happened with my friends this year, that's all it's really equated to. And I think maybe that's a reminder more than anything is not so much just the age. It's just how much things change. Hearing that another time hurts hurts my feelings because, like, yeah, I think that's really what it is. Like, I just discovered something about it. Like, because you don't put the things in possessions you get, right? The thing you want, if you want it, you go get it. I'm going to count on your birthday to get anything, right? If you want it, you go get it. But the, it's a fact of the matter that I think it's gets tougher and tougher to actually see people. So it becomes less and less of an event and more and more of a, I don't want to be say a chore, but a reminder. It really is just a reminder, I think, of how things have changed and are going to continue to change. And whew, got real dark. Anybody having a birthday? I hope you have a great birthday. <laughs> Seriously. That was just a for me. How about instead, how long do you think it would take someone to realize that they have been scammed if they hired a service to hide Easter eggs all over the yard and then they were searching and they didn't show up? How long do you think it would take them to be like, man, this person's really good to go from that to all of a sudden be like, I don't think there's any eggs here. Could you imagine? How long? That was the question. How long do you think it would take for someone to be like, okay, so... There's supposed to be eggs hidden in my yard. I cannot find them. These are hidden really well. To go from that to, I don't think there's any eggs in this yard. How long? Half an hour? Less than that, right? 15 minutes? Five minutes. I think it would take longer than we both <laughs> think. Ands with AJ on VFX is Florida not. The reason I ask is because in headline number one, a bunch of parents signed up for a service called Egg My Yard where they paid a, set of, a certain amount of money for a certain amount of eggs, and then someone was supposed to come along and then drop off a bunch of Easter eggs for a hunt in their yard. The problem is that person never showed up. Headline number two, a man threatened a hotel employee with a magic wand, but ran off after they respond by pulling a gun on him. Those muggle weapons still pose a little punch. You know what I mean? The magic is believable. Tells face with a gat. It's ironic that we go from one situation where the magic was stolen to one situation where the magic was believed way too much. Florida or not, it's A's with AJ on VFX. Story number one, a bunch of parents signed up for a service called Egg My Yard where they paid a certain amount of money, depending on the price they paid, is the amount of eggs they were supposed to get that was candy filled in their yard. The problem is, is that the person was a scam. They deleted their Venmo after the payment was rendered. They stopped responding. They scammed everybody. And apparently this also happened uh, last year, and that was in uh, Northeast Ohio. It was a similar scam. And it really sucks because a lot of the people that suffered were parents who were obviously super busy, couldn't, didn't necessarily have time to get around to it, and thought well, this would be a great way also to leave a surprise because then you know, the kids never see the parents leave the house to set up the Easter egg hunt, which is amazing. And so, yeah, that's nomination for mean-spirited crime of the year. Story number two, a guy threatened a hotel employee. He apparently had gotten banned, but he showed back up to try and uh, – <laughs> run off with some room keys when employees told him to leave he started threatening him with a magic wand the problem is that uh, the employee thought it was a knife so they pulled out their gun in terms of protecting themselves they had a concealed carry permit and so that guy the 
Magic Wand Believer turned, kicked a trash can, and said, ah, Muggles win this day, but Wizards will live on as he sprinted off. He didn't, but I'm just saying, if you believe you have a Magic Wand, shouldn't you be able to figure that out? He was eventually caught. Hopefully, the person who scammed everybody out of the eggs is caught, too. So, in terms of stupidity, when it comes to Florida not, both are dumb criminals, obviously. You've been banned, you show up, and then you're like, Magic Wand will defend me. That one is more ha-ha. Because luckily nothing bad happened as opposed to number one, which is more sad and really unfortunate someone would take advantage of it. So generally, you try and go with the ha-ha when it comes to Florida, but unfortunately, that was actually in Minneapolis, the Midwest. Big Harry Harry Potter fans there. It was Orlando was the egg scam after Ohio last year. So just be cognizant of that. I wouldn't be surprised, especially in a place like this, if it popped up. Not that I'm willing it. Just saying, be aware of something like that potentially happening because, again, mean-spirited crime of the year. Mean-spirited crime of the year. I hope Santa's taking notes to punish that person at the end of the year. Florida not on VFX. While we're talking about uh, stealing the magic, being kind of a jerk to kids in all honesty, what would you do if you went to, let's say, a hotel, you got an Airbnb, and someone else was logging into Netflix? Would you bother switching, or are you just watching what you want to watch? Does it make you a jerk? You watch your normal choices? We are so predisposed, I think, to sharing our uh, social media, not social media, our streaming platform passwords that I think we just forget to log them out, too. AMs with AJ on VFX. So if you go to a, a hotel or Airbnb, like a, a couple friend of, a friends that are a couple of mine did this past weekend, and you go to like the smart TV, you're like, oh, let's let's check Netflix as you're watching something laying down, and someone else is logged in, do you, do you log out? Because the situation, I once went to a, a cabin that had smart TV, and I was like, no, it's in, whatever. I'm just going to watch something stupid and whatever. And so then they got in an argument because the husband was like, well, no, you don't need to log out. And the girl was like, yeah, you do, because it's going to mess up their preferences. And who knows what kind of profile it is. We don't want to pick something that maybe they don't want for like a kid or whatever. And he's like, wait, look, we're just going to pick something to watch. It's not a big deal. It's fine. And that was my attitude, too. But the question is, okay, so... Okay, obviously you're not going to go out of way and watch something really raunchy, but like, what about if you're into the trash TV? I know my girlfriend Ashley has super gotten into, what is it, the ultimatums, the new one that's on there, where, uh, what is it, the, you live with your exes, but then, oh no, there's other people on the island too, or whatever, they're all the same. Like, you watch something like that, kid probably shouldn't watch that depending on the age. Hopefully the profile's established, but my argument was like, I don't think you're a jerk. If you're just going to put something on, maybe like just one of your favorites you fall asleep to, and you're not going to watch anything new, you know, you keep that in mind. I thought that that was totally fine. Now, when we did it, I was cognizant of the fact that maybe it was a kid's profile, so we just picked dumb movies that were like totally fine. Like we watched, the, I think, uh, um, what's the Chris Farley movie? Tommy Boy. Tommy Boy was one of the ones we watched. We just picked some general stuff we'd seen before that was kind of comfort stuff. But, like, if you left it logged in, you don't care about it that much, do you? Because anything else, like, here at, here at work, Facebook, right? <laughs> You're probably not going to leave yourself logged in so you don't get pranked. I think if you care enough, you will double-check to make sure to log out, especially if you know that you logged in. Are you a jerk? I would say no. Should you be cognizant of what you watch? I would say Yes. I would it'd be a nice thing to do. I don't know that you're going to put a ton of thought into it, but like, yeah, fall on the comfort ones that are just a little bit more family safe, I think would be probably advisable. But speaking of taking that trip, right? So you talk about 2022 seems like the year that everybody's going, no, 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 no. It's back to normal. We're doing our thing. And kudos. Like we talked about our vacation splurges. 
But if you're flying, which would be the bigger inconvenience and the one you would more likely skip? A delay in your flight or your, <laughs> your luggage not being there when you land? I think I've gotten past the point traveling enough now that there's not a travel god that I necessarily shoot off a prayer to as I'm getting ready to fly. But I know growing up, we 100% tried to pretend we had a ritual at least. And it was with AJ on VFX. And the reason why is because for like six straight flights, and mind you, this is over the course of like maybe, maybe one flight a year. With my mom, it never failed that our flight was going to be delayed. And we usually would have a connecting flight that we would have to sprint home alone to our way to the gate to make sure that we got on time. And so we pretended to have a ritual. Since then, haven't had that issue, so I blame solely mom. Bad luck's with her. But the question is, what is the more inconvenient thing you'd rather skip? Because the flight delay is never great. Unless you're maybe running behind, you find out it's delayed 30 minutes, you're like, oh, yes, thank goodness. But lost luggage, no one's ever like, this is a good situation. I am okay with this. And in fact, over the holidays, I went home and my future sister-in-law went on vacation with her boyfriend, and they lost her luggage, the airline did. And then they were basically like, we don't know. We lost it. No clue. You're not going to get it back because we have no idea whatsoever. Like, we we had it, and then I think someone threw it, and that was the end of it. Nobody in- inquired after that. It's the most ridiculous explanation I've ever heard. But what would be the most inconvenient for you? And so that's the poll of the day. You can uh, comment on our Facebook page, Utah's VFX. And I think the interesting thing is, Whitney said flight delayed. Tara said flight delayed so she could people watch. Ashley said flight delayed. Rebecca, though, said lose my luggage. I can always buy new clothes. And yes, you can. But do you want to buy them while you're on vacation? Because one of the lessons I definitely think I learned from my mom as well, on top of hoping that I'm not cursed with being in delayed flights, is... uh, when it comes to souvenir spending, try and have a little bit of control over it because my mom never fails to have to buy another set of luggage so she can check more bags and take stuff home. And I hate checking bags. It's just the cheapskate in me fundamentally dislikes doing it. I do it all the time and I dislike it. But the delayed flight, while it's unfortunate depending on what you're landing, because if it's like a weekend thing, like that's shot missing in eight, hour, eight hours of that. But the luggage, I think, would be such an inconvenience to just throwing off the whole weekend as a whole as opposed to just that eight hours. I lean towards, I think, the flight because I think generally they're a little bit apologetic and there might be a chance for you to maybe, depending on how long the delay is, to score something free here or there. The luggage thing, I've watched it. It it feels like if it's gone, it's just magically not coming back. And especially if you lose your luggage on the way home with the souvenirs, it's kind of irreplaceable, especially if you're not going back to that place. But would you rather have your flight delayed eight hours or lose your luggage? Utah's VFX on our Facebook page. Now, we all have that one friend who gets way too head over heels way too early in a relationship, and they ran into a nightmare situation, the person I know that does that. But before we get to that, how about the more concrete thing that is happening? One of my best friends proposed. He's starting to plan his wedding. It's coming together quickly, and there's some notions that it might be a morning wedding. Now, normally, if you're just a guest, it's, I think, less of an issue. But if you're part of the bridal party, (laughs) Let me be very clear. It is not lost on me that I cannot make the case over and over again that family tries to bogart and hijack your wedding and then turn around and try and do the same thing to my friend. It's not lost on me. Airs with AJ on VFX. That being said, one of my best friends got uh, proposed and now they're like, they're in hyperdrive. He proposed like a month ago and they've already got the date picked out for next year. Or maybe that's how normal people do it. I don't know. But one of the things that they're kicking around, right, is because there's... 
so many weddings were delayed because of uh, the pandemic, right? It's tough to find venues they like, one, for a decent price, and two, times that are available. So they're talking about a morning wedding. Now, if you are just simply a guest, I thought about this. If you're simply a guest, probably fine because, right, you're going to show up. You see the ceremony. Oh, it's beautiful. You maybe go to the reception for a little bit, hang out, eat a little food, make your appearance. And then you're probably out and you're like, got the rest of your day left. You can do, go do a couple errands. You could go do, see a movie, whatever it is. Your rest of your day is left. It's fine. As a member of the bridal party, however, a morning wedding is, is telling me, I hate you. I hate you. You're going to be miserable and I cannot wait because your day starts significantly sooner then the wedding goes. And so if it's a morning wedding, that means you got to be there way early. So now, not only are we probably going to be dragging already because we're going to have the bachelor party and the bachelorette party and everybody's going to be having a good time congratulating all this stuff. It's going to be one long thing. Now we're going to be dragging in and having to get dressed and then having to look serious and do that because no one wants to be the person that randomly starts laughing during the ceremony that everybody's like, what is their problem? But that could happen if you're just running detrimentally slow on sleep. I think... This is a terrible, terrible idea. Jen is on the line. Jen, what do you think? Would you attend or be no problem going to a morning wedding? I wouldn't see a point in having a wedding that early, you know? Right. I mean, weddings are usually an all-night thing. Yes. I would feel like this wedding is all rust and stuff, you know, if it was so early in the morning. And what what are they going to do for cocktail hour after <laughs> breakfast, dude? <laughs> See, because I think the best ones, the, the two, I call them the two adult weddings I've been invited to. My best friend and my brother got married, right? You go out and you get breakfast and everybody spends some time together and you go to the venue and you kind of casually get ready for it and everybody gets dressed and the bridal party's hanging out and having a good time and doing stuff to get things set up. And then in the afternoon you get married and then the party goes into the evening. It's a great day. It's an all day affair, don't be wrong, but it's a great time and it didn't start way too early. There was time for food and everything was done patiently and well done. I just think my friend, by even con considering this, is just saying, I hate you. I want you to be dog butt tired and it is going to be a rough day. That's what he's saying to me. That being said, so let's, let's leave them and their happiness alone that I'm pooping on right now and go instead to the everyone has that friend, right, who gets way too head over heels way too soon, right? They meet someone new and they say all the same things. And, and you want to be supportive in case it actually is the one, but all you're thinking is, I hope for your sake because it's, it hasn't gone well the last couple. Well, the person I know that does that might have slipped up a little bit in terms of their head over heels. And what I mean by that is they sent a text to that person as opposed to their friend group. Oops. I think you'll be my future husband. Excuse me. I think he'll be my future husband was the text that was accidentally sent and supposed to friends after a date to the guy itself. It's the end of the world, right? AMs with AJ on VFX. Everybody's got that friend. that They just get way too head over heels early on in a relationship. And look, kudos to them. Their spirit hasn't been broken. Keep it. You just want the, you just get a little bit annoyed. Sometimes you're like, every single time you say the same thing. Can we, can we slow play it a little bit? But we just, we just see how it goes as opposed to coming on so strong. But my friend that gets head over heels way too early accidentally sent that text to the, the guy that they just seen. Oh, he's going to be my future heaven. And she, of course, freaked out, said this is the end of the world. I don't even know how the story goes because I couldn't get her to calm down, and so she just freaked out, and that was the end of the discussion. Hopefully, he responded in kind. But my response was, well, you think about it now, people kind of talk in that exaggerative language a lot. Like, oh, I'm a Miriam. Oh, wife material. 
Maybe maybe on an intimate date, like I've been dating in a while, maybe it's a little bit different in terms of that, but I feel like everybody talks in that exaggerative material, exaggerative way all the time. But the question is, does it ruin a date? Do you freak out? Uh, Joe's on the line. Joe, what do you think? You you send a text, right, a future husband, future wife, to that person. Uh, I'd be kind of freaked out, Fair. especially if it's one of our first few dates. I mean, it's just not something you just throw out there in text, you know, even if it is a mistake, they're obviously thinking about it. I think that's fair. And that make, that actually brings up a good point, Joe, because I think you're talking about like, right. You don't say something that early in dates. Like you wouldn't say, I love you early on. But I think the reason why is the marriage thing is more abstract. Like not that it's not going to happen, but not going to happen for a minute. And so it's just, I feel like I'm, I think we're going to get married someday is a little bit less creepy than saying, I love you way early. Am I crazy? I, I think, I think that makes sense. Because the, the marriage thing's a little bit more abstract. It's just like, I think this is great, but there's no timetable. The I love you feels like if you're not ready to step up, oh boy, this got really intense really fast. Uh, Brittany's on the line. Brittany, what do you think? You accidentally text your partner, the person you went out early on a date with. I, I think we're going to get married. Good, bad. Oh, I would be honored if someone felt that way about me. That's right. I mean, it really depends on if I, I actually like them. If I actually like them, it'd be great. If I hated them, yeah, you know, I'd probably be, be creeped out. So I guess it really just depends on the person. They could go either way. So, no, it doesn't, it, who knows? See, okay, I think that guy, that's the other thing I told her. I was like, I think, yes, you have to be a little bit worried he's going to get freaked out about it a bit. But I think on both sides of this, the guys are freaking out way more. Because I think of that text, that guy all of a sudden is like, okay, wait, do I feel this way? Or do I have to say I love her? I, oh, uh. And on the other side, I, I think Joe is a little not incorrect. I think if a guy does it, it's the same thing. Like, you're going to be panicking until someone gives you a response. And even then, you're going to be like, is she just being nice? <laughs> the casualness is how I feel like guys and girls will both respond to this. Since my friend is a girl, I was like, I, th- I think you'll be okay. Just, like, be careful in terms of, like, going too hard. You don't want to make him feel like all of a sudden, like, I felt like we're married, and that's going to be tomorrow. Let it let it be kind of an abstract concept of this is just how strongly I feel because we match so well. Fortunately, I might probably be there to scoop up the pieces. Fingers crossed it happens one of these times. All right, kudos again for them keeping their hope. Crossing the fingers. Okay, so when you leave, I know fellas, right, we got the three-pat wallet phone keys. Ladies, have some kind of ritual, I'm assuming, for your purse. I don't really want to get too close. The mysteries of the purse still bother me. But everybody's got that. But what if that could all be a thing of the past? You wouldn't have to worry about forgetting your wallet. You wouldn't have to worry about not having your keys on you. It could all just be in your hand. They do something kind of similar to this at festivals, and I think I'm on board, regardless of how much uh, you know conspiracy theories you want to get into about chips. Just imagine no more of the days of having to remember your wallet. Eventually, maybe not even having to remember your keys because it could all be in your hand. Ames with AJ on VFX. It's the debated eight. Would you put a chip in your hand that lets you do contactless payment? Right? You put it in. The funny thing is, so when I went to Music Midtown, granted, this was like five years ago, but they do something similar at festivals where they'll give you this bracelet that has a chip in it, and then you can just attach a credit card or whatever to it to preload it. So then you have to worry about bringing your wallet or keeping track of it while you're just amongst hundreds of thousands of people, and you just swipe it, and it's done. And I was like, ah, oh, this is pretty cool. I was worried about getting it wet because it was in a bracelet, but now you can put the chip in your hand, and then it's just done. I ain't tell you. I think I'm on board. Because when you leave, you do the same thing. Fellas, do the same thing, right? You got to do the three pets. Some combination. There's a back pocket and your two front pockets. Wallet, keys, phone. Wallet, keys, phone. Wallet, keys, phone. That's where they're at. And look, 
Very rarely do I forget my wallet, but it does induce panic attacks for me. Like, because I'll be driving and maybe drop it in the center console so I don't have to sit on it, or even be sitting on it. And then I'll just have that moment where, like, did I bring my wallet? Did I? Every day of my life, whenever I leave the house, I take my wallet with me. But is today the day the first time that I forgot it? I better check, pat my, my hip, or pull up in the center console to make sure it's still there. And every time it's still there, thank goodness. But with the chip, none of that. Be good to go. You can go wherever you want. You never get caught in a situation again where you're like, oh, no. Now, the funny thing is I have completely skipped over doing pay on my phone. Like uh, when I was on vacation last year in Europe, I they got into the touch thing a whole bunch with the just you tap the card, right? It was cool. I was like, oh, that's so awesome. So now I do that all the time. But I've skipped the phone thing, but I'm on board with the hand thing. My only legitimate concern is all of a sudden it gets electrocuted. And I don't know that's a real one. It's just what I have associated with putting a chip in me that someday it's going to malfunction. All of a sudden, I'm just getting shocked all the time. But this is a real thing. It's a few hundred dollar procedure. It's going on in the UK It's get, where it's getting started. Um, and in fact, according to a survey of people over there, 51% of people would actually consider putting the chip in their hand. I'm on board. I feel like it would be more secure as well because I feel like it's way easier to lose a card than to say, you know, like leave my hand behind. Ironically enough, I had to make a phone call yesterday because I had some fraudulent charges on my credit card, one of them. And ironically, can we just point out the ultimate irony of having to make a phone call to deal with a fraudulent charge? What is the first thing they ask you for from a strange phone number in an age where we get bombarded by strange phone numbers all the time? I will explain to you and why I don't think they liked me early on on that phone call. Probably not changing passwords, because who does that? But this is your reminder to maybe just check your uh, any of your credit card logins just to make sure. Because yesterday I got a notification. Hey, did you make a purchase for like $445 at this thing that I don't know what it is? And I was like, no. And then, So then I got a text back that said, call this number. AMs with AJ, it's the uh, debated date on VFX, which I suppose is a good setup for a scam. And so I was a little bit trepidous because I logged in and yes, there was a charge there. And I was like, yeah, I didn't make this from ZA, Zanzibar, Zimbabwe. I don't know. So I called the number and the person answers the phone and it's someone who says their name that is definitely not their name. And they go through their whole spiel and they go, okay, so before we continue, can I have your full name and give my name? Can I have your credit card information? And I was like, ha, good one. I was like, yeah, I just got a random text about this charge and now a random phone number I'm calling. I don't feel comfortable giving you my 16-digit credit card information. I'm not going to do that. And really, I think it was the right call because then they're like, okay, what's the phone number that's associated with the card? And I gave them my number. like, well, we don't have that on record. And then they directed me to the place I needed to go when they finally found out my bank, who I told them the same thing. I'm not going to give you my credit card information either because I don't know who I'm talking to right now. And I'm dealing with a fraudulent purchase. And by all accounts, we'll see. It has been since remedied, but it's really ironic like, if you have a relationship with your credit union or your bank, I think that's one thing. I'd be like, oh, yeah, here's the number. But, like, just to call a random hotline number, I'm sorry. No, I'm not going to give you that. I'm here because someone already has that information. Let's not make that easier to double down on. I think this is why partially the chip thing, all of a sudden I'm reading about that. I'm like, hey, you know, putting a chip in my hands so I can just have that to swipe my card. Not a bad idea. But <laughs> the other thing that annoyed me is... I understand a filter process or whatever, but the notification came from my bank or the app, I guess, that I have because I wouldn't say it's necessarily the bank, but the app I have that the credit card I have had a, f- a suspicious purchase. And I was like, oh, not UT. That's where I'm at. Yep, definitely not me. 
But then they were like, we're going to send you to a generic one. Is it, just give me the line to yours. Because clearly there was a, a department from my financial institution to go through for fraud. Why did I have to go through the other people first? Just, just annoys me. So someone spent like a thousand bucks on me somewhere else in the world. I don't know where. Luckily, the app was paying attention because I don't check that one very often because I don't use that card very often. So smart play on them. But uh, I'm just going to defer to never giving out my credit card information ever on the phone. Not that I did, but definitely not now because I don't care who you are. There's other pieces of information I can give you I feel safer with that will find me. It's it's mm, Yes. Just thought it was really ironic that that was the first question. I was like, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. Ask again. Fire away. What do you want to know? Favorite color? It's green. Let's do this. It's the debate at eight on VFX. Speaking of money, look, if one of the richest men in the world has said that one of the ways that uh, he could potentially save money, and contextually, of course, because he didn't come out and say that, but if he doesn't own a house, well, why does anybody else need to own one? Elon Musk does not own a house. This blows my mind. He's the richest person in the world, right? Does not own a house. How does he get by, right? He has a kid. All this time scrimping and saving and dreaming of owning my own home? That's not how you do it. Because if the richest man in the world, Elon Musk, doesn't have a house right now, why should I strive to have one? He's the richest man, right? I'm going to follow him. And it was with AJ on VFX. He said recently in an interview with uh, was it TED Talk, I believe, TED Talk's Chris Anderson, he says, I don't even own a place right now. I just crash in friends' spare bedrooms. Now... Let's be very clear. I'm sure the friends that have the spare bedrooms that Elon Musk is crashing in are very well to do. So that is an easy enough thing to do. But the concept can be pared down to lower class than the richest man in the world. But here's the thing that gets me. So one, I don't think that's super doable for a while because if you're rich and yet yeah, you got a mansion, you're like, you can have a whole wing in the house. He's not bothering you. Everybody else is like, yeah, we don't have a spare bedroom. Yeah, you can be on our couch, but you're kind of in the way. The other thing is, dude has a kid, and I'm sure the kid's well taken care of. Don't get me wrong. It's Elon Musk. He's the richest man in the world. But, 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 I go back to a situation with my own mother where she got into a disagreement with a guy she was living with and got kicked out of his house and didn't have a place to go. And it was actually my brother who figured that out, and I'm glad that they weren't, like, screaming sleeping in a car trying to figure things out. They had someone that was nice enough to take them in while they got the situation remedied. But even in this situation, even if it's a home, as I felt for my sisters, because I spent Christmas with my my mom and my sisters that year, and it was in the house that they were crashing in, which granted was, to be fair, it wasn't a stranger. It's my future, at that time, future sister-in-law's parents' house, so it was family and family. But still, I felt bad for my sisters because it was like making do in a situation they shouldn't have been in. Because like it's, it's already hard enough to be a kid. And so I just bring this point up for Elon Musk because dude has a kid, I believe, is expecting a second one via surrogate or had one not that long ago. And it's like, it's easy to spend money that's not mine. Bro, you can afford a house. Okay, great. You don't want to partake in this let's buy billion-dollar houses or hundreds of millions of dollars of houses in California where everybody else does? Cool. You can live somewhere else, but... It's just, it's crazy why the world's richest man. I mean, that's why he's rich and I'm not. Just thinks differently. He's like, ah, I'm just going to, I'm just going to couch surf a little bit. I'm a homie hop from place to place. And then uh, we'll be good to go. We're good to go. That's crazy to me. Absolutely insane that I, that that's the case. Actually, speaking of him, right? So his, at some point he's going to release a biography or release multiples. And maybe they'll be interesting. Maybe they won't. But 
Of course, he's one of the he is the richest man in the world right now, so it's a story that's worth sharing, I think. And I was thinking about this yesterday. We found out that one in four people want a biography written about them. My conclusion was I don't know that anybody has necessarily enough to fill out a whole biography, but I think we could all do short stories. Someone sent me a message about that, uh, actually about the poll of the day yesterday, that reminded me something really interesting when it comes to sharing stories. And it's that we probably ought to pay attention more to the ones that are around us. Don't forget the stories that are right next to you. Ames with AJ at VFX is a reminder for me too. But yesterday, so two things. So there was the uh, poll of the day, which is if you met your favorite celebrity, would you rather have a selfie or an autograph? And I think selfie was running away with it early on. And I said I'd rather have an autograph. And I, I think in terms of, of athletes, and I like having it on a piece of memorabilia. But the other thing we found out was that one in four people want a biography written about him. Well, Emily sent me a message on Facebook yesterday, and she was talking about how for the poll of the day, she used to work in a nursing home, and there was a lady there who had apparently, as she said, quote, the most amazing life back in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, because the room was filled with photos of her and Sinatra, JFK, Marilyn Monroe, and so many more, said the visual history was incredible, and for that, I always opt for the selfie. And so it was for the poll of the day. And I actually responded, I said, that's amazing. Ironically, talked about people wanting biographies written. And that's kind of along those same lines. And I was thinking, well, talking about biographies and stuff, what about the stories that people around you, people in your family have? Because I think you kind of take them for granted. I think especially at the parent level. Because growing up, I think everybody goes through that same phase of whatever, mom and dad. Like, I know what I'm doing. It's not the same as what you were doing. So let me just take care of this. And then, you know, there's stories about their relationships or whatever and all that stuff. And that's never anything that's been appealing to me. My dad's tried to have those talks with me, especially as they're going, I don't want to hear that. But, 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 there are cool stories, parents, Grandparents, especially, especially after hearing Emily's message that they have too, that I think would be super cool to hear. Or maybe there's something that was just glossed over because you didn't take the time to hear. And again, I'm saying this is solely as much as a reminder for myself because I just don't have that connection with my family. I had a realization um, probably about a, about a year ago now. I think Ashley and I were coming back from a family event and we we're talking about wedding stuff and i was like you know i realize i don't have really any information on my parents i know what high schools they went to i know how old they are i've seen some photos of their wedding and that's about it i don't know how they met i don't know what their story was none of that i could just basically the stuff that is mathematically put down or numbers put down i could sort some of that stuff out graduation dates and that i know nothing else i've never heard the stories my parents got divorced young They've hated each other forever, or at least did forever, and so it's just not something that ever came up. And so there's probably plenty of interesting stories to hear about really what is sort of my own history. But after Emily's message, I want to shout her out again for sharing that story, um, even though I voted differently than her on the poll today. Don't forget the stories that are around you, because I'm sure there's a couple out there that are just absolutely amazing. VFX's Facebook roulette, the whole goal is to make it so this is a good place to be on Facebook that's fun with thought-provoking discussion. And that is with Utah's VFX, the AJ Knight for me across the board. Uh, I landed on the uh, page, The Perks of Being a Fangirl, and it's Ron and Harry Potter having a conversation. Ron says, do you ever get the feeling you don't know what you're doing? Harry responds, Ron, if there's a moment I even imply I know what I'm doing, it's an imposter. Yeah. Yeah, right? 
You can ask for advice. Hopefully it helps you avoid a couple pitfalls, but along the way, eh, no clue. Fake it till you make it, right? Confidence is key. The AJ night across the board for my social media, Utah's VFX as well, including for the after show, uh, where producer Butters and Meemaw will be on, and we'll be talking on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube, Utah's VFX across the board. Do not forget our job fair is happening tomorrow. It's 11 to 6, Castle Manor in Hyde Park. Over 30 vendors out there ready to interview on the spot tomorrow, 11 to 6. Weird weather day today, but as long as it holds up to the high-end part, the optimism part should be nice. I've got a, kind of a big lunch date with my future father-in-law, so I hope you enjoy. If you miss anything on the show, Utah's VFX, anywhere where podcasts are. And until tomorrow, frames with AJ, don't do anything I wouldn't do. And thanks for listening to VFX.